Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm a perfect and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we are learning from Vincent Joseph. Now, Vincent is a comedian and a cinematographer. And he is someone who I have gotten to know quite well this year as he is part of the Not Quite Right comedy team. And yeah, we obviously chat quite a bit about that. We learn about Vinny's uh, start in comedy, which happened just before the pandemic and like just after I did the Heat City Comedy Festival and like a weird lull period basically. And yeah, learn, I learned a bit about how the scene was when I wasn't around, which was like during and just after COVID and stuff like that, you know. I was chilling. I was uh, trying my best not to, not to, you know, be a fucking plague bearer, basically. So I, I missed out on quite a lot of shit and I, I don't regret it because, you know, we're doing some dope shit now. But yeah. I learn, I learn a bit about that. We also find out about how Vinny got into cinematography, even though he studied IT. And we even learn why Vinny feels like he's never really had the opportunity to fuck up too badly. So that's all coming up in just a little bit. Of course, I need to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by you, which means you can support it by going to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. Or you can go to the website, almostperfect.co.za, where there's merch, and you can even just scan the little zapper code there, and you can just call me a few bucks. And yeah, it all goes towards helping bring this to you mostly every week. Mostly. They mostly come at night. Mostly. But yeah, man, Vinny fucking killed it this week. Wednesday was a dope gig at Aces. Even though we got hits with uh, surprise load shedding, like uh, at 8 o'clock, Stage six got announced and yeah, the fucking electricity went off, but we still managed to have a great show. The audience was fucking lovely. The comedians were mostly good and Vinny did a great job. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm still feeling, feeling the high from that, man. The gigs have been good this whole month. Like basically every week it's just been, you know, dope fucking crowds. Comedians have been stepping up. So I'm I'm still feeling really good about all of that. And hopefully we can see you in the holidays. Hopefully we can see you out at Ace's Pizza on a Wednesday night. Like I've been doing different sets basically every single week. It's been like I've had to because there's been like so many regulars coming back. So that's been fun. It's been cool. It's like, you know, kept me on my toes. And I'm excited to see how it grows and how we keep growing with it. And uh, yeah, man, this weekend was pretty dope. Uh, told you last week i was going to hilton to chill for the weekend and that's very much what we did like jamie and i went and cruised through because uh her friends like literally have like a forest in their back garden so we went chilled in the forest and just like played with the dog and didn't do much else like we just sat outside and chatted and it was fucking lovely man so that was there was much needed it's always good to get out into nature and amongst the trees and uh, what else? What else has happened this week? Well, I guess we'll chat about it at the end of the podcast. But yeah, everyone DM me on Sunday morning. Oh, CM Punk back in WWE. And some people were like, oh, aren't you stoked? And other people knew. Yeah, maybe, maybe my opinion on that might be a little different. I even did a whole fucking episode called The Ballad of CM Punk, which you can go listen to. It was a couple months ago now. 
and I, I can't remember what I said there, <laughs> but I know like I was just talking about you know the lessons you can learn from CM Punk, and maybe he's learned those lessons from himself now, and maybe his career will be bountiful, and he can you know end it on a high. But I've got a feeling that as time goes by, that man will inevitably get in his own way. But we'll we'll chat about that at the end of the podcast. And I guess the other thing I will chat to you a bit about at the end is uh, it's the end of the year. It's the 1st of December. And what a year it has fucking been. I don't know. I don't know how it's been for you. But it's been a fucking roller coaster for me. And... I don't know, I'm just grateful to get to the end of it. And I'm grateful for so much of it, you know, like I've really, I feel like I've grown a lot. I feel like I've learned a lot and I've found a lot of new people who I've really been connecting with and who have been growing with. And that's been very fucking rewarding, you know, because like a year ago when I was, I don't think I was doing the podcast because of the whole, like I got broken up with after a whole long-term relationship thing. And I really just like did not, I don't know, I didn't really know what the future held. And looking back now, I'm like, hey, the, the future had some good moments. And some of those good moments have been with uh, one Vincent Joseph, who we are about to get to know a little bit better. Here it comes, it's the Almost Perfect Podcast with Vincent Joseph. So how are you living, Vinny? First of all, I just want to give... A big round of applause to everyone that's listening right now. Because I know every time before you start your podcast, you go on like a five, ten minute rant. <laughs> it's not usually a rant. So kudos to you guys for waiting until Bob finally introduces me. Anyway, I'm good, Bob. <laughs> I'm happy, dude. I'm just stoked to do this. Like even when I was in the shower getting ready to come here. We're listening to other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> actually what what happened this morning was like okay cool so i'm doing this today i was like who do i want to make this a competition with i'm like okay tibbs and liam because those are like my only friends that have been on this podcast so i'm like okay cool let me listen to these two assholes and see what they said and what they did so that i can just do better than them it's all about competition and i know they're listening right now <laughs> probably gonna be listening to it together Ah, that's going to be an eyeball, dog. Like, I also don't, I don't know. I'm planning on listening to this thing again next year, like this time around, just to reflect to see if I have changed on everything that I'm going to talk about. Because, damn, I plan on, I'm planning on talking about a lot today, bro. Like, I might cry. <laughs> oh, wow. You want to, you want this to be a full Mark Marin episode? Hey? <laughs> so to all the friends that are listening right now, and if you really want to know, about me stay tuned she's going to be happening bob take it away <laughs> well i just wanted to talk a bit about like you on the reflecting on like things i i haven't gone back and listened to old episodes for a while because like i know i've been like a little unhinged you know like <laughs> especially earlier this year and stuff and like yeah and even just in the past like when I was doing some of the content for the like 200th episode or whatever, not 200th episode, uh, five, I can't remember, just some, some like retrospective thing that I was doing. And like, I was just like, fuck, I hate this. Like, I'm so shit. Like, this the whole time. I, I feel like the whole point is not to, to, to watch it back or like play it back. 
because I, I do the same same thing with all my stand-ups. Like if I record my clips, I just feel like there's a there's a level of uncomfortability that comes with it. Like, oh man, is this me? Ah. I hate watching old stuff, but like I've really been enjoying like we've been recording all our sets and stuff, and thank you for hooking that up. It's been very valuable to the not quite right brand. Come to the show. We need to buy a hard drive now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sheesh, and then more SD cards. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. Things are things are getting sketchy with one of them, as you were saying. <laughs> yeah, dog. Like that thing right there. I, I'm just so happy that we started doing it, especially like the filming part of all our shows and stuff. Because who knows how far we're gonna get, bro? Yeah. Any of us, there's the the possibility of it happening. Uh, you know, quite high. I know it's comedy. But yeah, we, we have all our eggs in one basket. So uh, I'm glad that we're doing it. And in some time, it's going to be worth more than a lot. Yeah. And I think like, so with the whole, you know, it, it's comedy and whatever. It's like comedy is this usually quite an individualistic like sport, essentially. And everyone's against everyone. But you look at like throughout, you know, comedy history, especially with TV and film and whatever, collectives are what actually land up creating dope shit, you know? Like, you see so many times, like, I mean, I'm even just thinking, like, God, future, but, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like, the National Lampoon and stuff like that back in the day. You have the Lonely Island guys. You have, like, and even on YouTube, there's just, like, cool crews and stuff that put out in such Living dope... Color was also a great example. Oh, yeah, the Wayans. The Wayans, yeah. Yeah, they created their own thing because they couldn't get it on SNL, basically. And, like, people weren't picking up their scripts and, like, yeah. So, that's kind of, like ideology behind all of it was like we can do a lot together and especially True. if we all have ownership and we all have say and we all like you know like it's there's no hierarchy mm-hmm. it's like yeah like i'll take the lead on some things just because i'm a bit more experienced but there's also True. other True. things like like with the film stuff where i'm just acting like that's it. Like I, I feel like also that's like a, another great thing that you did with the not quite right crew like you picked up a whole bunch of creatives that are in the same field and like we all have almost the same vision but we know what we're doing basically and we have like great potential to be great i mean we have script writers we have a cinematographer we have uh directors directors oh fucking it's it's an amazing crew and i feel like in in time if we keep on pushing at this right pace we're going to do some crazy shit man yeah because really also we've to. been reinvesting like a lot of the money into true 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 like true, just true. advertising and and, and it's working everything. and it's working bro like yo the sacrifices Carmony, liam tibbs and akil <laughs> if you guys are listening it's gonna pay off i'm telling you right now for sure yeah no i'm with you there but let's like with looking back when did you start comedy? Because I wasn't around for it, I don't think. Shit. So I started comedy on the 8th of October, of August 2019. Okay. That's yeah, when so I started doing like stand-up comedy. So that was literally like just after the Heat City Festival. Exactly. <laughs> so what happened is I had shit. My story, my comedy story starts in 2017. I met, no, let me track back. I was in grade 10. That was in 2014. 14 right so like i've always been like into drama and improv and stuff and stuff like that and then uh i was talking to one of my friends like we were doing like a play and i was someone's understudy guy's name is angelo i think yeah i think his name is angelo i was his understudy i just it's just way back i was his understudy and then like i was talking to one of the main characters like yo she was a good friend of mine vanessa i was like you know i want to do stand-up comedy 
She was like, oh yeah, go for it and shit. I'm like, all right, cool. So from that time, I just started like creating bits in my mind, which I look back to right now. I'm like, oh shit, was I really going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, fast forward to a couple, no, no, no. I think that same year there was like a poetry club as well. I went there, it was like an open mic. I was like, yo guys, I want to do comedy. But then, you know, the fucked up thing that I did, I took basket mouth sit. Oh, <laughs> and I did the whole thing. You know that that, that sit where it says, uh, there are two things involved. I don't. Oh shit, you need to check it out. It's okay. basket mouth set, it's an old set. Uh, uh, it's called two things involved. So I did that whole set. Oh, everyone's laughing and shit. I'm like, all right, cool. But did someone call you out or? No, 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 no. So a month later, another guy who was in the poetry club was also like my friend, was like a good friend of mine, Ulungelo. He came to me and was like, hey, my brother, that joke that you did the last week, <laughs> I saw it. It was done by another guy. I'm like, yeah, basketball. Yeah, he's like one of the guys. And then it went on like that. And then in, in fast forward, the second time that I did comedy in school as well, was in the, the following year, actually. It was 2015. I was a prefect now. So this this thing that they do, it's called uh, Stay Awake, where like all the prefects, we go to school on a Friday and then we sleep over by the school. So it's almost like a slumber party. Okay. So we're playing games and doing stuff. But it's all supervised by teachers and stuff. Yeah. And then like I told the guy, I was like, yo, I want to do comedy. But this time I wrote my own set. <laughs> I had props and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Easy the carrot top. <laughs> Shit, I was ready. I was ready. I'm like, okay, cool. I told all my friends, I'm like, okay, cool. When they call me to do comedy, you guys make sure you sit in the same place. All my best friends, like, sit in the same place so that you laugh and then the laugh spreads. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Hey, you gotta, you had, you had I, I, I had, I had planned because they knew it was funny and they'd been like, oh, you must look into this stuff and stuff. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. When the time came, these motherfuckers are spread out throughout the room, bro. One is in this corner and the other one's in that corner. The other one's in the corner. I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And I also asked the guy to introduce me as, you know, you must hype the people up. So the guy just came. He was a teacher. He was like, oh, yeah, guys. So as you know, it was Radwin, actually. He was like, as you guys know, uh, it's like a night for talents and stuff. So we have some guy that's going to do comedy. Please welcome... Vincent ah, was a dry bro. Hey, I walked in there, <laughs> did my thing. I bombed for like three minutes, but it felt like 10 minutes. Bro. Just straight up bombing, bro. bro that like, actually reminds me of this one set at the Winston by this uh, woman called Loopy, who had key cards and everything. And she was doing her set and like was dying midway through. And she was like, the best line ever. How long is five minutes? <laughs> I was just like, because every comedian has felt that. Like, early on in the game, like, that, those deaths are, like, the longest. Like, it's literally, like, you've done it for two minutes. Yeah. It's not even that long. Like, it's not even that bad. But yeah. you feel like time has stopped. And, like, Bro. it's never going to start again. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, oh, it's, it's a different feeling, bro. It's, it's just a weird feeling. Anyway, dog, and keep in mind, this is high school. Once you get a bad rap in high school for You're something... I know, trust me, I was, I had the bad rap in high school. It wasn't a good time. Dog, coming out of that room, I was just like, I am fucked for life. High school is never going to be the same ever again for me. 
it turns out the guys were actually pretty chilled. No one ever asked me about it because it was just like an experience that they never want to talk about. <laughs> right. It was so bad they wouldn't even make fun of me for it. Dog. <laughs> but then like I, I remember I spoke to one girl, her name is Chichi, and then she was like, No, you're actually good. Uh I'm like, no, come on, be honest. Like, no, you got potential. You're gonna you're gonna do okay. Blah, blah, blah. Like, cool. And then I'd just given up on doing comedy. I was like, I fuck that shit. I don't think I want to do it again. And then the one time I was talking to a friend of mine who's also like a business partner of mine. You know those t-shirts that I always wear that says best so far, the best so far jersey and everything. So like he's a music publisher, but he was a DJ back then. He was in Matric, I was in grade 11. And he was like, no, don't quit. Like, and then he gave me an example. He's like, do you know the first gig that we did as a DJ, we fucked up so much but we didn't stop. And like, while he was in metric, he was like a, he had residency, bro, at this one club on Florida Road. So he was like, yo, don't ever quit. Do this thing again. I'm like, all right, cool. Finished high school. Uh, then I took a gap year in 2017. And then there was like a show that was going on at the school. It was like a fundraising. So they had comedians there. So I went there. It was Daryl Williams, Calvin Goldstone, Troy came out. Came oh, after Troy that. Tesla. Yeah, Troy Tesla. Yeah, Troy Tesla came after that. He's been on the podcast. Oh, he's been on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, I need yeah, to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Bob dropped the Z word. <laughs> Slide it in for a kill. <laughs> <laughs> Troy was there, and it was this other fat white guy. Like his opening joke was he would roll over on the ground and he's like, see, I can do this. Oh, uh, Matt Armstrong. Yeah, Matt Armstrong. Carvin was hosting. Cams was there as well. Uh, that sounds like a interesting night to say the least. Yeah, it was. So they're doing comedy, bro. I'm just laughing. I'm laughing. So Carvin goes, I was sitting like at the back. So I kept on looking at Carvin. Kept on looking at Because I'd seen like some of his DVDs before. Yeah. Like I knew he was like a big com- comic and stuff. Kept on looking at him. So he also noticed that, oh, this this guy keeps on looking at me. And then he just ended up, you know, like that whole thing of, yeah, I see you, boy. What's yeah. up? And then after that, I walked up to him and like, yo, I've always wanted to do comedy. Can you hook me up? How can I do comedy? And then he gave me Troy's number. I spoke to Troy. He was like, yeah, I'm going to hook you up and stuff like that. But then we never spoke again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. It happens. <laughs> but I still had his number. And then a year after that, I was working for... I was doing like a gig because I used to work in catering. I'm, I was we catering for this corporate gig and then Daryl was there, Cyril was there and Troy was there. They were like doing comedy there. Then that's when I met Cyril. And then I kept Cyril's number for another year. <laughs> <laughs> now it's to fast forward, it's 2019. He sends me a message. He was like, yo, I remember I took your number in PMB. You said you wanted to do comedy. Pull up and do a five. Keep in mind, I'd seen Cyril post about the Winston pub multiple times. Yeah. I've seen him post about happy people multiple times. So I knew there was a, there was such a thing called uh, uh, the Winston and I knew there was a happy people. So I think that that the same week that I started, okay, now finally we had the story. When did I start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a week after the, the, the Winston pub closed. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And like people were just like, yo, you so lucky that you didn't come to the Winston because boy, you were going to be humbled. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, yeah, like the thing is, I always weren't humble enough, I think, like, to be honest, but, you know. Why? Like, why do why you think so? Well, because people still have fucking egos and shits, like, 
Yeah, like Neil and I were chatting just the other day, like I was on the phone with him and that. So we're just talking about like, yeah, some people just have a different mindset in the game. And like that was, yeah, my issues back then. But that's why, and still with some people to this day. But the cool thing is like what we, like the Winston was also, was harsh in a lot of different ways, like just because of the area and where it was and like the environments and stuff like that. And so, you know, a lot of like, Aces is a lot more inviting. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. It is quite decent. Besides the prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same, you know, like at the Winston. We had sex workers there as well. Oh, shit. So, I mean, yeah, I'm Bilo, come now. Like, <laughs> it's, those are my people. That's where I grew up. <laughs> like, but, no, nah, they, they had character to the show. And hey, if anyone, you know, after the show is looking to get laid, well, they don't need to harass women at the place. They can just you pay just someone outside. Pay someone outside, yeah. Cool. So I feel like we're just offering people an extra show. <laughs> like extra value. <laughs> no, no, no. It was advertising to the right people. If we're really willing to go watch comedy at the Winston, there's something wrong with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but I don't know. I just feel like, this year has felt very different to a lot of what was happening back then. And I know I've also like grown a lot and changed a lot. And like, yeah, like I've got, um, like some people will disagree, but I've got a much better temperament now than I used to. Oh shit. So you actually can't involve now. <laughs> I'm now, man, for the most part. Yeah, I'm super proud of you for that, man. Shit. <laughs> but yeah. Cause I, I don't think I would have loved that Bob. No, like, yeah, it's, I've, yeah, it's taken time. Because, like, I've heard stories about you before I even met you, bro. Yeah, but people also embellish. Yeah, because, like, like, I was, I was always told, like, oh, fucking Bob is a horrible comic. Bob dies like this. Someone was actually saying, um, these are from guys who, like, I think are shit comedians, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So you couldn't give two fucks about them? No, because it's like, I'd have people in Durban thinking like, oh, I'm sucking because I'm not trying to kill at the Winston. I'm trying to figure like jokes out. Uh-huh. And then I go to fucking Joburg and I uh-huh. kill and everyone's like, yeah, Bob's good. Uh-huh. And then I come back to Durban and the guys are like, oh, Bob sucks. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, like maybe if you guys utilize the space, you know, to like actually improve your craft and actually be willing to die and actually be willing to suck because mm-hmm. that is a big part of it. And that's what open mic gigs are there for. Uh-huh. It's for you to experiment. It's for you to learn. It's for you to die on your fucking face. And like, you also learn from that shit. Yep, yep. And then you take what you learn for when it fucking matters. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you do the big gigs and you've got like, you know, you've got your fucking chops. All right, cool, cool. So I, I'm, I'm so glad that the, the, the temperament is gone because I don't think any of those people that spoke shit about you would have, you know, understood where you were coming from. Yeah, so kudos to the temperament. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and that's, I mean, it's also, it's fine, like, I've learned, like, I also don't have to work with everyone. I Like, I can just work with the people who I fuck with. And that's what we've been doing. <laughs> no, quite right, baby. Exactly. But, yeah, how was your... And then COVID hit. So you started comedy and then COVID. Oh, shit, bro. Like, I had literally just done comedy at one venue. <laughs> I had literally just done comedy at one venue, which was, which was uh, the Happy Hippo, I think. I'd only done the Happy Hippo was the only place I'd ever done. I think. Yeah, I think it was literally just the Happy Hippo that I knew about at the time. And bro, ah, shit starts happening, this COVID thing and stuff like that. And then phew. What do you do? What did you do then? Like obviously not comedy, or did you do any of the online gigs? Did you Yeah, I did actually one online gig 
yeah, it was uh, Masu's online gig. For some reason, I fucking killed that night. <laughs> I don't know why. Because <laughs> now looking back, I know you killed. Because I could, gig. I could. The mic, the people's mics were on, okay. and I could hear them laugh. But then the timing, I just oh, had right. to rush through my set. They will catch up with that joke. I'm already here because I don't. Yo, that delay, bro, was gonna fucking fuck with me and shit like that. I finished that set, and it was weird because I literally just set up a camera and a light behind it, and I stood with the mic and I just did jokes. Flipping weird, bro. Uh, so I did that. And what else did you do? And then, like slowly, when they started opening up and stuff like that, that's when I started doing altitude. Altitude was actually the first place that I did uh, after COVID, and then we carried on going to altitude, altitude, and then we started going to a whole lot of other bunch of gigs. What was the altitude, what were the altitude gigs like? Because I missed that like era. Oh shit! Feeling. Some of them were good. Oh shit! We've actually had like some of the like, great nights in comedy day, bro. Really? Like I remember this one night there was Baxter, Robbie Collins, Tabiso Mlongo. Oh snap! Okay. Huh? I'm saying oh snap! Okay, like that. <laughs> oh shit! Shit! And um, Paul Pops. Oh shit! Okay. So I think it was that time when uh, Robbie was getting ready to do that Netflix thing. Oh snap! Okay, yeah. So yes, Robbie that was just yeah yeah after the pandemic. I, I saw like, mo- most of those jokes that were in in the Netflix special. I saw Robbie that. work them out in like he was up and down jobbing and Yo, kudos to that man. Shit. Yeah, he puts uh, in the work. Yeah, he puts in the work, bro. And then so he brought in Paul Pops as well because Paul was also doing that that thing. Dog, if I'm telling you that that night that we had was for me personally was more fun than seeing the actual Netflix special cuz fuck that night was magical there was and the Netflix recording i don't know like wasn't the best one like, yeah cuz cuz i remember that night there was four standing ovations in one night flipping four standing ovations tabiso got one robbie got one and fucking poor pops got one in the middle of his set <laughs> in the middle of his fucking set he got a standing ovation everybody just like fuck this guy he's fucking doing the shit and then at the end of his uh show he got another standing ovation bro and then on the following like was did two nights on the following nights there was three standing ovations again <laughs> it was a crazy two nights bro flipping crazy you obviously must have learned a lot from those guys. oh did oh fuck dude I learned such a lot. I do, oh, bro. I learned a lot. I'm not even gonna lie. So yeah, that was like one of the highlights for 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 altitude. I don't think I'll ever forget that night, bro. Man, those gigs are also important, like because also like you know when you're a new comic or whatever and you're going mm-hmm. to the open mics and that it's death, death, death. You know, mm-hmm. everyone sucks mm-hmm. to like five people, mm-hmm. and like you know you don't necessarily see like you see then what like Netflixes, you know, and like you don't see how you get from these five people here to netflix you know yeah, and that is like those gigs like essentially where it's like 100 people 200 people whatever and you like watch these guys just absolutely like kill like you know and you're like right. fuck this is what's possible like in 15 minutes and 20 minutes and like yeah right it was yo that night was crazy so after that did we get another regular gig after that so after that we're just like everywhere we're just hop skipping places and stuff like that and then altitude closed it was dead for a while and then we got uh what's the one there across the street uh, the chicken place yeah wingers wingers yeah yeah so like it was like a, it was a bit weird now that it's happening that's why that's why now like fast forwarding to today 
I'm actually more excited for comedy because I know like there's a guaranteed week of comedy for me, which is every Wednesday. And dog, I cannot tell you how much I look forward to Wednesday, bro. Dude, same. Like, ah, bro. Wednesday nights are just, yo. And bro, when I ran the Winston, Wednesday nights for me were just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 Like, for real, dog. Like, like that's why I had to take a break off. Bro. Oh shit, man! Yo, man, if, if you didn't kill yourself, you know, you know, gonna kill yourself ever again in your life. Probably not. <laughs> like, I mean, until we we don't know how bad things are gonna get. You know, what I mean? like. <laughs> so yeah, man, and uh, oh shit, I'm also glad that like my comedy has like, uh, gotten like almost like a full circle. Cause when I started doing comedy for the first time, the first person that gave me the mic. Like literally handed me the mic to say, "Here's the mic. Do comedy." Was Tips? Oh. Yeah, my first night that I did comedy, Tips was hosting. Uh, Siddle put me on, uh, but then Tips was like the first person that was like, "Yo, here's the mic, ladies and gentlemen." This guy is yo. Actually, he he actually introduced me quite well, and he wasn't doing bad that night too. He was actually funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, no. Tibbs, Tibbs has always you, been funny. The way you said that, it's <laughs> no, but Tibbs has always been funny. Tibbs has always managed to stay afloat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've had this discussion with him. Like Tibbs has always kept afloat enough to also talk shit about who's shit. <laughs> you know, like you've never seen Tibbs die, die. Or like you lose all respect for Tibbs. So, like you know, shit like that. Or maybe that's for me. I don't know how other people have seen Tibbs, but yeah. So he gave me the first mic to do comedy, and I did comedy. And after that, it was like, hey, he was actually quite good. I give him a round of applause. Because you know, Tibbs had this thing where, like, if someone dies, you go back and then sit and be dramatic and be like. Let's talk about this for five marks. <laughs> so at least he didn't do that. To I mean, me. you do have to address the bomb. Like that's the <sighs> thing. Like if someone dies, you gotta like say something. Like <laughs> as a comedian, like as a host, essentially, like just to like diffuse the situation, let everyone know. <laughs> hey, we all know what happened. It's fine. But remember, there's other comedians too. Like that's that's fine. Like that just happened. We all experienced that. It's okay. But you know, we can move on from these traumatic experiences. (laughs) (laughs) And like the comedian you just saw. Yeah. Oh shit. That's a total reset, bro. You can't just walk back and be like, yeah, that that, that was good. That was good. Hey, (laughs) everybody will be like, no man, stop selling us bullshit. (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad you you say that. I feel like that's also something that's very important. We have to address the bomb. If something is obvious, yo. And even if you're bombing, like I know some people say don't, but like if if you can make it funny, (laughs) if you can just go talk. You know, like I I left my house for this. Like I planned my outfit. Like I. I got a babysitter. Like, no, you, you got a babysitter. Like, can't we come together here? Like, you know, the most recent bomb that I saw recently, right? It was at Dropkicks. I don't know if you were there. I don't think I was. Oh, my God. I don't know if I should say the name. No, don't say the name. Ah, uh, I want to say the name. Don't say the name. We're not causing shit on this podcast. We're not... <laughs> Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm done with, ha- like, having to deal with fucking childish shit. So, like, All right, cool. leave All right, names cool. out. All people right. people are too sensitive. All right, cool. <laughs> Yo, 
And then this person goes on stage, yo, bro, dies straight up. And then Robbie goes after that. <laughs> My guy, he went in on them, bro. I was like, man, that's like, so is this what you should be doing with your life, kind of shit? Bro. And you know how Robbie always talk about self esteem? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Robbie sees someone dying, and then I remember the last time uh, we were in the warehouse. And someone also came and died. And then like, hey, you guys watched this man break his self-esteem for 10 minutes. <laughs> and you didn't laugh. Bro, yo, he just goes in hard. But that's also a thing I've learned from Robbie is to also play with the crowd and also like tune them and be like, exactly. yeah, put it exactly. on them a little as well. Like, exactly, exactly. Like, yo, you couldn't cut this over a break. Like, <laughs> told you it was his first time. Like, what did you expect? Eddie fucking Murphy? Like, yo. Yo, oh, it's weird that we just like put ourselves in, in that situation. Like just doing comedy, bro. It's like you sitting there thinking to yourself, I'm going to write this shit. And I think it's funny. Or I don't know, whichever way you think. And I'm going to tell it to maybe 20 or a random, okay, just more than five random strangers. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm going to tell them about this idea or the story that I have and I hope they find it funny. So what is that driving you? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, bro. Really? <laughs> but I just feel like there's something there. Like I, I just look at it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Keep pushing, bro. Keep pushing. I, I give myself a pen on the back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's just like, you know, a lifelong thing of saying, fuck you. It's like everyone. <laughs> And it's being like, I will, I will purse a fucking beer. You will see. You will fucking see. It might take some time. <laughs> but we're going to fucking get there out of spot. <laughs> Man, yo, comedy, ooh, ooh, comedy will humble you, bro. It'll put you in situations where you're just like, yo, man, what, what are you doing yourself? But you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep on fucking doing this shit. But yeah, it is the ebb and flow though with that in that like, yeah, sometimes it is like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? You know, when you do like gigs and like we kind of like, that's also what like I feel really grateful to you guys for was, you know, recently even with the the, the gig that we do. I don't know if you guys know about it. I don't know if we mentioned it at all in this podcast, not you know, even once, you know. Not everybody knows <laughs> about it. But yeah, we do the Aces gig every Wednesday. And, you know, even just like two months ago, we had, like, some pretty dead fucking shows. Yeah, bro. Like, I, I was watching footage, bro. And we had like, some fun times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had some fun times, right? Because I was even, like, <laughs> looking at the difference in the footage. For the nights that we actually never had fun, the videos just look so fucking dull, bro. But the nights that we're actually having fun, we brought that fucking key light, right? And it was just, like, bright and, like... Yeah. It just, everything just changed. Like every video from 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 the day that we put more lighting into our comedy, <laughs> it just brought like fucking joy. Oh yeah, shout outs to, I mean, you mentioned getting the lights and stuff, but also like shout outs to Yassine Barnes for like giving me advice on how to like run gigs like at last year's Point Waterfront Arts Festival because mm -hmm. a lot of what we're doing now like comes from that, you know, all the music stuff and like the, the lights and, you know, just making sure like there's someone introducing the host and like, mm -hmm. yeah, the seatings, like, you know, like all the things we're doing, like essentially it's just like there's ways to like 
make stuff work and also like have a stage and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we've like we've got like a dope vibe for an open mic gig it looks fucking cool so i do think there is a part of the appeal like and it has helped with you know posting stuff online and it doesn't look fucking depressing yeah like yeah, a lot yeah, of open true, mic true. gigs don't look like things you want to go to <laughs> <laughs> well we're creating a vibe yeah 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 that's the whole thing but like i was saying like you know it was cool to have a crew to help get us through those like shitty gigs and yeah to learn and experiment and like you know say like what if what about this what about that and like yeah coming together to like make it a better gig and then you know bit by bit by reinvesting and shit like we've been able to build like a decent crowd because people know about it because they're like oh yeah we found out about that on facebook and like my whole life of being like oh i don't want to give facebook my money but like it's bringing us money back in so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like it's, it's a good roi like yeah yeah true the, the sacrifices were there. Also, big shout out to Robbie Collins, man. Fuck, mm-hmm. yo, shit, that dude. Yeah, he's been very helpful with all of this because he's been like, yeah, hosting and then also like, giving a lot of advice. Exactly, yo, like a lot of advice. Like, I, I just feel like... So what's some of the best advice Robbie's given you? Uh, he always says, Vini, clutch control, clutch control. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, you, you're like speeding on Gonzalez sometimes. Dude. Like, even now, like, I'm busy captioning like one of your videos uh-huh. and like, it is just like... Trying to, because you can adjust the speed of like the text and stuff. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. just trying to get that right for you. Oh, it's just like, shit. And it's just like, it's just like, <laughs> fuck, it just disappears quick. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to slow it down now. Like, I, if you remember Stumnos, Stumnos was actually good. Like, I was, I, I had fun. Like, I, I legit had fun. I was like relaxed and stuff like that. Like, but I had obviously fun. that comes from having stage time now. Yeah, like, true. The more like stage time you get, the more relaxed you feel on stage. I'm even feeling it, man. And also, it's, it's, it's that whole fuck it, I'm gonna persevere type of mentality, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I know about that, I think. Uh, yeah, because like, yeah, because the Stumnus gig was just after Jobuk, and like, shit, you know, I ate ass in Jobuk, bro. Okay, yeah, talk, talk about it. <laughs> oh, like, fuck. Uh, I, I, I don't even know what happened. According to moments, maybe I just, it was just like a deer caught in headlights. And then, yeah. Do you think there was some pressure because you were in Joburg and you were competing and stuff that maybe you got in your own head a little? I don't know. Dude. Until now, I still haven't figured out what happened, bro. I feel like you don't like analyze your stuff yourself too, <laughs> too closely sometimes. I do. Yeah, actually, you're right. Like sometimes just like, oh, that didn't work. Uh, let's try 10%, <laughs> which is bad. Like I actually... I, I always feel like if I actually put in more work into my work, I would actually uh, like do something good. Cause like, I remember like even when I was in high school, even like in college academically, bro, never attend lectures. Sometimes I would did pick C plus. Like, no, 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 not even C plus, bro. I used to get Bob, you know, I graduated cum laude, right? No. Okay. True story. In that, there was just like 70s and distinctions. And so it was just basically distinctions. What did you just study like when you needed to? Uh, IT. Okay, no, but I mean like what did you study? Like like, like when, when did you I study? Was, I was the type of person that would study, start studying a week yeah. uh, before exams. Yeah, that's fine. Like that's, so that's imagine, how I've done things as well. Like so, was, so imagine if I actually put in work during the whole term. Yeah, but some things you don't need to. Exactly. <laughs> I hated that. I hated that about myself. Even like, I feel like sometimes when I write, write a joke, like when I actually sit down and like type it out and rehearse it, it actually works out. I'm like, I need to start doing this more often. So I really started doing it lately. Same. Like yeah. I've been putting that like way more effort into it. I've been reading books on it and like, uh-huh. you know, like it's like 
there's a lot of cliche stuff in there and that, but like it's a reminder to like just like go back to the basics essentially. Like what is like you know joke structure like, and then just wordplay, all these different things, and then it opens up all the different avenues of how to write a joke about different things and that. And you can use all the tools, you know. And it's yeah. So for me, I've also I found like a lot of like the stuff I'm writing now I'm really enjoying because it's yeah it's like kind of personal like that's the thing I'll think about a personal thing mm -hmm. and then I'll try to think about you know different avenues different wordplay like different kinds of like ideas to like utilize for that like idea and then take it forward so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah oh that's sweet man like I also feel like I'm, I, I'm, I, I can see where I want to be like okay this is where I want to be this is how I need to figure out my thing and I just need to put in the work. Yeah. I can make that point too. So like, hey, dog, as I was on, I, that's, that's the one thing also I'm, I'm also glad about it. Like we get to do comedy every week now. And that's like, makes you want to write new jokes. True, 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 true. And we've been getting good crowds too. So you can't really try, you know, mess it up and stuff like that. So you actually have to bring your best when you. Yeah. I mean, you're still in the middle, you know, you're chucking the new stuff and like, you know, the, and like you start off with, the the banger mm -hmm. like you <laughs> yeah, know. yeah yeah you always gotta start with bangers and then you can yeah you can play around with mixing for me like i'm mixing like a lot of the stuff that i've been doing this year mm -hmm. with like you know stuff i'm writing but also the cool thing is the more you tell jokes the more jokes come to you you know the more like you're also like oh yeah what if i try this and you add on and you add on and you add on mm -hmm. so that's also like the fun thing is just trying an extra line or an extra tag or an extra thing mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. a joke that you've been doing like mm -hmm. and that's how you build like a set i mean i wish we had more gigs you know and hopefully there will be some more soon mm -hmm. where yeah we can like do it multiple times in that, like a week and you can watch just like the evolution will happen so much quicker so mm. <laughs> so like like during the past few two months have you actually seen like a change in your like comedy and stuff yeah man like and, like you, you're feeling it now yeah very much so like especially with just being comfortable on stage and like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. figuring out the character and that and also like host bob versus you know character like oh yeah shit like i actually uh, i should have brought my hard drive actually i was supposed to give you all my what you call it your your your, your, your footage from stop nose yeah but yeah. i'm keen to check it out because like I don't know, everyone else seemed, like, I thought it went pretty well, like, uh -huh, and, like, uh -huh. you know, I was doing a good job, but, like, the show was weird, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, people were paying attention, and they were laughing at times, but not, like, at everything, so yeah, it was, yeah, like... True, uh, true. They were, like, a bit selective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what was wrong with them, but it was, it was a good crowd. I actually had fun. So, Bob, <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, it. you also, like, have done film and stuff. Hmm. A little bit. Have you written like? What? Have you written like uh, scripts before that? Like, have been like out there? Not stuff that's been made or like anything like that. But I've got yeah, I've done various different things. Like you know, they're, they're on the hard drive. I want to get them made eventually. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like, and then we did the Forty Hour Film Festival. So like, I wrote the script for our film. So yeah. Like came up with most of the story and everything. Like, I'm still annoyed that like there's like Chekhov's hammer that was meant to happen that didn't. But like, it's fine. It's fine. It kind of happened, but not in the yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I I'd, I'd written you in like as a character for one of the skits that I was putting, and I was just like, yo, I just want to kill Bob for no reason. <laughs> just kill off your character halfway into the story. 
for no reason. You'd be like the Kenny of the skits. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, there's yeah, no, like I've I've died in things before, like <laughs> other people's things. <laughs> like it wouldn't be the first. Well, I feel like you would have enjoyed the Roaring Twenties in America. <laughs> I mean, probably, like depending on my social class, but yeah. Actually, you put it quite right there. You put it quite right. Oh shit! I didn't. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. I mean, but which, 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 like social class would you think you would have like had a fucking banging time? I mean, obviously, it was the wealthy and the like the upper middle class who were like, you know, what the flappers and all of that shit is. As far as I know, I mean, I don't like you know, I haven't refreshed my nineteen twenties history in a while. <laughs> like, because I was, I was just thinking to myself. But it also seemed like. For white people in general, like there was a bit of oh, prosperity. Yeah. That's like, why I asked you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say what about me because I know my people were struggling that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it was it you know it's also like there were also like people black people that were having a good time that time. That was also like the upper. And to me, the like I mean, you know, like the era like I would romanticize in my own head or whatever. Like in wait America, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about Roman times. Oh God, no! <laughs> like I know the I know the meme. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. okay, let's Once go. again, they always just murder me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but like fifties America, like has a lot of like fifties, sixties, seventies, like has a lot of cultural influence. Just on like I don't know, like guys like Lenny Bruce and shit like that. Like really, like is stuff that like mm-hmm. I appreciate because of how you know they we're really going against the grain a lot, you know, like, and genuinely when you actually got arrested for saying certain things, just for swearing and stuff and just for alluding to sex on stage. And like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the kind of thing that like, I really like, I don't know, in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, I wish I could be like that, but I don't know if I ever could, you know, like, <laughs> cause it's also like nowadays it's like, I don't even know if they are like that many boundaries. I mean, they obviously always are boundaries to push or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. A lot of them aren't, you know, they've been pushed already already, and also just things I don't necessarily want to explore or whatever. So, like, I don't know. You can also just use the art form to just discuss things. like yeah, And express things. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, like, I feel like if you'd be like an up-and-coming comedian right now in some country and your name is Bob Perfect, you'd be like, yo, why is a white straight man trying to call himself perfect? <laughs> <laughs> You might easily get cancelled for that shit. <laughs> no, like it's, you, it's crazy. It might happen. No, people would be on board with you for saying that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like they'd be like, "Oh yeah, let's go." Like, <laughs> why is a white street? <laughs> it depends. But, like, but those would be the type that say America. <laughs> those are the people there. <laughs> okay, I get you. But yeah, like I'm so glad I don't have to deal with like you know we don't have cultural shit really yeah, in yeah, South true, Africa. True. We, we're a bit relaxed, I mean, yeah. there's a few people like yeah. it's conservative. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, it's definitely, like, I know, like, stuff that I say is a bit risque sometimes and a bit, like, mm-hmm. to most people's sensibilities. But I don't see that as, like, pushing boundaries or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just see that as me expressing myself and, like, trying to show people, like, hey, this... It's also, like, you know, by being taboo or whatever, and you and it, people don't expect it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it adds to laughter and it adds to the vibe and, like, also makes people think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've been doing those jokes about period sex. Well, like, you know, the little, like... <laughs> and Over the condoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just, like, stuff like that. And, 
yeah, like people get a little grossed out or whatever, but like at the end, I'm just like, yeah, you know, you, you're missing out, <laughs> you know, true, it's true, like true. there's, trust me, there's more to laugh and like, so that's the fun thing to be able to explore and stuff on stage mm-hmm. for me at least. Like it's just, yeah, like Robbie even says it, like, you know, just say the thing that you think you shouldn't say. Like to a degree. <laughs> pa- pa- Patrick Sonil say that when you tell a joke to a room, fifty percent of that room must be must find it funny and fifty percent must find it horrifying. I mean that's just him though. <laughs> <laughs> that's Patrice. Patrice O'Neill was yo whichever we ah uh, we ever went to the uh, school of thought of uh Patrice O'Neill, oh my god. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, that guy was because like I've been I only got like into Patrice like like I've seen like some clips of him, but then like I only started like heavily watching him like this year. Yeah, no, he is a master, man. Like, yeah, I mean, the guy was dope. Like he plays like with the crowd really, really well, and like yeah, just leads like things certain ways, and like yeah, like he says indefensible things and then defends him. It's like the yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like, but the way he does it, and, like, especially the sexual harassment joke. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I don't know if I know it or if I can remember it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you just gonna have to go watch it. The yeah. sexual harassment joke, right? He, it, it's almost like that other Bill Burr thing of Bill Burr kind of successfully convinced us that it's okay to hit a woman. Yeah, but this whole thing <laughs> no, 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 okay, no, 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 not like no. He 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 explained. I can't yeah. say like he convinced us, but he explained to us that. For certain reasons, you can hit a woman for this, and then that's also the same thing. Which is also an obvious thing. Like it's like obviously, if someone's doing something violent and crazy, like mm-hmm. yeah, you should subdue them, like <laughs> if you can. But anyway, like it's, but that's the thing. It's like he takes the premise that's crazy and he just makes it like mm-hmm. pretty normal. And like yeah, there's obviously context, and that's the thing. That's the fun of comedy is also taking a perceived notion going into a thing, starting with this like thing of like. You know, I'm saying this outlandish thing. And then by the end, people see like, oh, it's, you know, ah, I see what you're doing there. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's dope. It's fucking dope. But oh, yeah. yeah, how do you, how do you come up with your jokes? Because like, I know like we're posting like when, so by the time this comes out on the internet, people will see one of your bits about being, you know, living in an Indian area and stuff like that. So you, you, I guess you write jokes about what's around you. <laughs> uh, yeah, to some like extent, it's it's things that I just think of because, like, I'm I'm more of a like I imagine a, a things a lot. Like, I'm just my mind is just whew, it just spreads out there, right? Like that's also like the same thing with like uh, my my writing. Tibbs was saying that I write like a cinematographer. I don't write the script with like good dialogue. Yeah, I can yeah. write like I can paint for you like a good cinematographer. Yeah, you see, I'm like the exact that. opposite. Like I'm sure you might maybe saw that one script that like I sent. Yeah, yeah, and like it's all dialogue, and there's like a little bit of direction in between. But like it's like, yeah, I don't like. I'm like that's up to you to figure out. But I'm like, all right, this is how you want. Okay, cool. So like my jokes mostly just like shit that I just imagine or like some. Thing just happened like that whole neighbor thing it's like actual true story like yeah. one of my neighbors yeah, yeah was screaming at their neighbor like yo your dog is acting like a black guy it's <laughs> not the exact language used but yeah <laughs> yeah it's not the exact language that he used so yeah shit like this just happened and on any other day I don't think anyone else would find it funny but I was just like oh shit that's actually funny <laughs> 
if I put it in this way, if I build a story around it like this to make the people show that what happened before that, I can tell a joke about it. So that's how I came up with that. And bit. the thing is, it's like a relatable joke for people in your situation. And like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's also, it does delve into, you know, politics of race and all these things <laughs> in like a subtle way. Yeah, like, yeah, true. That's true. what's, yeah, that's what's cool about that. But I think mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me, at least I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's layers here. <laughs> there's something in there. It's like a little lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's mostly stuff like that. And, and then just imagining, like, just cause you also, yeah, you also, to do like a bit more storytelling kind of stuff than like yeah 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 you see like with that other short film that was a good cinema c- cinematography whatever <laughs> it was good but then like if i had to put dialogue in there i'll just fuck up that whole story oh yeah that one with the three yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, yeah, i shot that with uh my good friend Celine cool let's actually talk a bit about cinematography like cuz you studied RT but uh you don't do IT no more. <laughs> like, yo, doc. Yo, yo. Because, you know, growing up, I always used to shout on people that were like, oh, I left my engineering job to do this <laughs> because I love this. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I graduated IT and I was just like, ah, it's time, I guess. Ugh. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I hated it about myself. But then also there was like stuff that, was just way out of my control for me to do what was you know expecting me to do so I was just like hey let me just take the easy way out okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like the last time I cried <laughs> last. I had options to hang myself or cry so I chose to be a little bitch <laughs> so yeah it, it's stuff like that right there so what do you mean stuff like that right there like what you would like what do you mean like so you couldn't. You just couldn't do the job. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it was obviously like also me, like me, me being from Zim and stuff like that. Oh, okay, there was legal, legal stuff. Like, it was just like gonna be like a lot of money. I was like, oh, to get the permits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, now sure, it was a lot. And like at that time, I just didn't have money. I was like, I hey, cool. I'm sure I can make money for this photography and cinematography thing. And yeah, it's been okay. Okay, it's been okay. It's promising. It's promising. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you get into it like how how did you start like like i told you bro you were doing stuff from high school or like with comedy and stuff no no with the cinematography no actually no because you said like you were doing like plays and stuff then but then yeah when did you start filming things in hindsight like there was also like a part of me that also wanted like to film i wanted to do both actually like, yeah, I also want to film and think, but I couldn't, I didn't have access to cameras and stuff like that. So I managed to find this, like this production that goes in my school. Uh, it's called Arrow Essay. And they had like a camera, but they didn't know how to use it. So one of uh, the guys that's in charge of the school, they were just like, yo, can you just come and help us shoot this stuff? Because we, we know you like doing shooting and stuff. And that's how I started filming and editing. But prior to that, I'd done like small, tiny videos on, on the phone and stuff like that. But wow, so that you big. just learned by doing. Yep, I just I just love doing it. I assume lots of hours on YouTube. Actually, I wasn't introduced to that YouTube life. <laughs> really? So what? You were just experimenting. You I was were just, just chopping bro. things up and yeah. just like seeing what happens. When yeah. You do... I mean, that reminds me of like my early like when I was a teenager and stuff. When I first had a computer, like my first computer, mm-hmm. and it had like Windows Movie Maker, and I would just like 
you know, because people used to make those DBZ edits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, like I would try my hand at that sort of shit, <laughs> you know. I would like to see some of that footage. <laughs> well, that does not exist anymore. <laughs> I will pay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so like it's always been like that so yeah and then i finally got my own cameras and stuff well a camera <laughs> and i just started filming but i don't think i'm doing as much as i should be filming though. i should be filming more i mean it feels like you feel like that way about everything <laughs> yeah i'm lazy <laughs> so yeah that's the that's the whole part of filming and stuff but so uh, yeah how did you i assume you had a lifelong love of film or you know when you just do something and you just feel happy is that it it's like yeah. is it actually just the editor like like what about like because that's what i'm saying like i would imagine you'd grow up and you watch stuff but instead it's actually just the more the making it that you're like really into um i also feel like it's sometimes when i'm listening to like a song let, let, let me take you like on a side road like sometimes when i li listen to a song i just imagine how i would shoot that music video that's been me since I was a kid, dude. Like, I was, like I used to walk around uh -huh. with headphones in and just imagine like the music video. So like, you you get yeah. what I'm saying. So I just used to have that, and then when I could finally do it, uh, which I did with one of uh, the music video that I made for my best friend, uh, mesmerized. You sent it to me. I just put it on my headsets and I just imagined the whole thing, and it came out the same way I envisioned it. I mean, like I had more ideas and stuff that we couldn't do because of like budget stuff. We li <laughs> we literally shot that whole music video like under six hundred rand, and that was what all on food. <laughs> no, not even on food. Like we paid for a venue for like actually I paid for it. That fucker one day didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying for the video, so like I paid for the venue and I paid for like props and stuff like that because i had to give him shades i had to give that other lovely lady monique a hair uh, i mean like a sun hair type thing so yeah that's how much we literally spent on that video <laughs> it's crazy but then i assume it's like a good advert for more work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's been good it's it's one of my favorites actually and mm. not the favorite one of my favorites <laughs> i just gotta be specific there <laughs> uh but with um yeah, with all of that, I assume you're also like quite used to low budgets now. <laughs> Bro, that has been my struggle. Yo, it's hard being a freelancer dog. Shit. But like it all pays off at the end. <laughs> and also it's like once in a while you get that gig that just pays you enough to push you for the next three months. So, yeah. you know, you just survive from that. Ugh. Yeah. That's Stuff yeah. Like. That's the story of my life, man. <laughs> it's just like just the one big score like every year, and then everything else is just like puttering along, puttering along. And oh then, like, shit! You're just trying to keep afloat. Yeah, oh. and you know it's it all works out in the end, like you say. Because like <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's also like like with you. You know, you're doing the thing that you enjoy, and like you know, and it's also like I don't want kids. I don't have kids. I'm not like planning that life. I like. I do have goals that like, you know, require money and, but also we're working towards that all together in terms of like, you know, the comedy side of things and the film side of things and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like what do I have to complain about? You know, like I've managed to make shit work for this long. You know, I'm just thinking about it. This whole podcast, I don't think we've given people anything informative. I feel it's just been like you and me just talking about our perspective on things. That's what this <laughs> podcast is. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you for saying that. If if you if you listened until now, people but, have learned a lot about you. You're like an OG. You're like an OG for real. I don't think I've given much about myself. So. Yeah, have you spoken about you know the school and stuff? And like, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah I know quite a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've spoken about your whole comedy career. Yeah, but I, you see, that's just my self esteem thinking. Who is worried about you, bro? Fuck off. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Like, you you learn to get rid of that voice sometimes, I guess. I've also got, like, imposter syndrome. I actually oh, just, shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Is that what it is? Yeah. Fuck, I've been doing it all this time. Yeah, that's what imposter syndrome is. It's that voice in the back of your head of, like, no, no one cares about this, bro. Why are you doing this? Oh, You're not good enough. Like, this is stupid. Like... That's you know. So all 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 of my friends have just been risking it being best friends with someone that has imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing though. Everyone has it. Oh, real? Almost, except for like psychopaths and sociopaths, I guess. How? Wait, 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 wait. How's how how how's it with the psychopaths and sociopaths? Because I'm sure their voices are like fucking. Yeah, it's not. It's not telling them they suck. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, okay, okay. Cool. As I far know, as I, get I know, it, I get I mean, it. this I get could it. also be like. I could be completely wrong. I mean, um, I damn. But from my understanding of these things through pop culture and brief readings of you know psychology books, that's my understanding. <laughs> I learned something today, fuck. Because I was thinking about it the other day. Like we all just risking it. Because like sometimes I would drive. Like obviously because I don't drive. Because maybe I'm driving with a friend of mine or something, and like I just see people driving. At the same speed, bro. That this is a thing that fucking like makes me so like yeah like fucking anxious. <laughs> okay, cool. Let, 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 let me get your anxiety higher, right? <laughs> so we just trusting. I'm just trusting that the guy there in front of me has got all his shit in order. Like he's not just gonna randomly say, "Hey, man." Fuck this! And the guy behind you, and the guy next to you, and, and the next guys, and this continual the whole everyone. Time. Right, especially truck drivers. Yep. Oh, fuck. No, dude, like, my, like, whole thing is that driving should be a job. Like, you know, no one should just be able to get their license. <laughs> like, public transport should be way better than it is. Unfortunately, it isn't. And, like, driving should be a thing people have to go, like, every year. And, like, you know, like, so it's super safe. And, like, you know, you have well, the safest possible. But that'll never happen. So. Bro, and, like, we in within that trust, that just I just trust the the Hyundai i10 right there. The driver got his shit in order, right? And you have other people that have the nerve to cut you in traffic to a point you're just like, hey, fuck you, fuck you. And then there's yeah. road rage. I'm like, what if one of because I mean there's been scenarios like that, yeah. I'm sure. No, like lots, yeah. Like chewing a road rage, just everyone just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm fucking you up and everyone yeah, else on the shoot each other. Like, no, dude, things. Yeah, like I, I get stressed out on the road sometimes. Human psychology is fucked up, bro. Like, no ways. Yeah, so no, I fucking feel you there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, we relate on that. I, I've been cooking this whole week. I'm like, okay, because like when I when I had to fly to Joburg and stuff, I'm like, okay, cool. The pilot got his shit in order, bro. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, flying is just like statistically insanely safer because, like, there's just because like you have to have your pilot's license and you have to like constantly be training and constantly be like you know retesting and stuff and you also have to like the planes have to be inspected constantly in that no 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 no, no. I, don't, I don't give a fuck about the plane and stuff i'm more about the guys who's controlling Yo, bob would you right cool you bought a border plane right no they and do psych evaluation no no no, no. Wait, wait 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 you bought a border airplane right 
and you hear you in the toilet and then you hear your pilot arguing with his wife oh okay i'm not going to say wife oh, with their spouse okay let me just say spouse because i don't want to be like a thing they're <laughs> arguing with their spouse about them having to sacrifice everything in their life but they got fucked up by them maybe they fucked their uh, the 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 their best friend or maybe they fucked their neighbor or some horrible shit who you still go on that plane <laughs> knowing that This man right here <laughs> depends how suicidal I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it could just be like, well, I mean, it's one way to die. <laughs> oh man! Oh dog, you, you, yeah. You, did you, you hear that Bob was on that plane with a <laughs> smashed him into the mountain? Hey, that's a story, bro. That's a way to go out. <laughs> yo, yo, dog. I, I, I'm afraid. I, I won't. I, I won't be able to board the plane, bro. I, I'm. I'm ready to die. No. Yeah. No. Like to be honest, yo. Like that. That's a. That's a conundrum. <laughs> that is definitely like. A, how much faith do I have in my fellow man? <laughs> like kind of situation. No ways, bro. No ways. That person is is. Yo, is just gonna drive and be. Maybe you know, maybe like, maybe it's their their way to calm down. You know, they get into the Zen mode of like. <laughs> well, we better hope so. Ninety nine percent better be on that if you're gonna put that plane. And just that one percent that that might just fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! Oh well, that was the dark part of the of the episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you made it through, you are increasing altitude now. <laughs> We are reaching cruising altitude and I'm about to jump out the fucking plane. <laughs> If you look to your right, you will see me with a parachute. <laughs> like, Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and then you drop with your middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> see, if we had budget, we could write some funny shit. Yeah, bro. Like some, yo, the thing is, not everybody's going to get it, but the people that are going to get it will get it. <laughs> What is a big mistake that you have learned an important lesson from? Oh, oh you didn't know that was coming, hey? I didn't know that was coming. I've had a lot. Oh. Like you haven't prepared this entirely and you're just pretending I, right now that no, you're no, thinking. No, no, no. no I, I've actually haven't looked back and said, oh, that was a big mistake. But I feel like in my situation, which is the part that's going to make me cry now, <laughs> is because my situation just me being me has never made me exist in a place where i have to be what was the question again what's important big okay 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 we're in a situation where i had to make a big mistake that allows me to fuck up everything because i've always known okay if i go towards this way i'm gonna fuck up this way so i need to keep it together I don't know if I got you. I get what you're saying there. Like that's the thing you like. You haven't been able to risk as much. Exactly. And also, I've been careful. I've been pretty much careful with my life. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> I've, I, okay, I've I've done you know just enough not to inconvenience the people around me. Like that, yeah, because to. of family and exactly. religion and like yeah exactly. So anything that I do is totally on me, and I take full you know accountability and stuff like that. So yeah. So you you haven't fucked up yet. <laughs> I don't think I have fucked up yet, but I've been fucked up by situations that I am. 
which is way out of my control. Yeah. So actually, that was supposed to be the first answer. I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm fucked up more by my situation than my own doings. And what do you mean by that? Does it yeah, like yeah, the family thing. The uh, I'm sure Aki is laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole financial part, and also you know, just not being in the right place at the right time and stuff like that. Well, like being in the right place but the wrong time, either way. So yeah, yeah. I totally feel you on that. Like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you just keep persevering. That is one thing. Dog, you gotta keep afloat, man. You just gotta make sure that you keep your head high enough to breathe. Just do the doggy paddle. <laughs> just got a doggy paddle. So yeah, man. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I, can I have a closer, please? Can you have a a closer? What do you mean? Like a message to the world. Yes, of course. All right, cool. And then you will close after that. So I've come to think about it because like i've been watching about like the pyramids and stuff like that in like asian civilization i feel like we are one of the first civilization that hasn't added that much value into the entire history of humanity right 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 but we have done more destroying okay you get what i'm saying i get what you're saying we, we have fucked up the ozone layer more than any other civilization yeah last hundred years yeah what how more can we fuck up bro like we've deforestation oh, everywhere <laughs> <laughs> we have deforestation everywhere like uh, and almost like the fun funny part that i also found like if our civilization has to get wiped today like this maybe like a great flood there's just going to be buildings after this and the next civilization that's going to come through are they going to be able to open a hard drive because now everything is in the cloud right <laughs> Just like how we can we, we cannot explain how they cut the stones and the pyramids and stuff like that. They won't be able to access, you know, like our archives or clouds and stuff. I've be definitely entirely... thought about stuff like that. Oh, you have? Yeah. You and I are the same, bro. <laughs> Fuck, put it here. We should hang out more. <laughs> no, I've definitely thought about stuff like future civilizations, uh-huh. like, you know, depending on what happens and how it happens. Uh-huh. You know, like how, because, you know, how knowledge over time distorts and like, you know, yeah, like people in 2000 years time, you know, whether things are going well or they dystopian or whatever, could look at like a fucking hard drive and have no clue what it is. And just be like, these people, what were they doing? Like, you know, but I mean, yeah, like obviously there's the written record that contains some of that stuff. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I feel like, I don't know how they're going to recycle a shit because fucking condoms, bro. Is there a way of recycling condoms? I don't know. Okay, for them. But they, they'll figure it out. I mean, I just use mine three times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> fucking chips, Kate. I don't know yeah, why it's I used... to save the environment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I used an example for a condom when we still have... When we still haven't figured out how to recycle plastic. Yeah, well, some... You, anyway... Yeah, oh, the next civilization is fucked in. They'll deal with that shit. Yeah, dude. The next civilization Use is going to have as much as you can. <laughs> Use those strolls. Fuck him. <laughs> I'm sorry, future grandkids. Anyway, uh, that was my final Your thoughts. final thoughts. Yeah, just Easy like... Jerry Springer. Yeah, we, we, have, we, have, we have fucked up the world, guys. I don't know. Let's just be nice to each other. <laughs> At least you got the the message in there. Like when you were yeah. just like, we fucked up the world, guys. I was like, and that's uh, the end of the podcast, everyone. <laughs> I said myself. Anyway, cool. Cool. Thank you very much, bro. Thanks for having me, Bob. Lovely. Oh. <laughs> so that was Vinny. 
yeah man like we as you can tell we had a really good time there a lot of laughs a lot of uh dark fucking jokes but that's what's been i think quite fun about the whole nqr crew vibe that we've got going on is like yo we're always cracking jokes and they're always pretty fucked up and it's always like quite dark and it's fun to it's fun to just have that camaraderie with other comedians because it's not necessarily something i've ever really had you know like i've had I've got people who I connect with in comedy, but like usually just on an individual level. And yeah, like it's quite different. You know, like Neil Green's obviously one of my oldest friends in comedy, but you know, we're not exactly, you know, doing suicide jokes all that often. We're actually usually just talking about like games and movies and music and shit. And it's been, it's been cool to have a comedy crew, you know, like it's uh, as much as it's uh, individual game it's also not like i kind of brought that up last week with uh, ambrose and stuff you know that yeah like it's a it's a solo sport but at the same time you do have your colleagues you do have the people that you work with and it's cool to be able to connect with them because like i say like I've, I've like you would have heard like in the podcast like obviously there's been a bit of a disconnect between me and you know certain people within the durban comedy scene and that but I think that's just me in general, you know, I've always been on, on the outside of whatever scene I'm in. Even if I'm in the fucking middle of the thing, I still feel like I'm on the outside, I guess. And yeah, it's just been cool. Like I've said multiple times now to have a crew of people who I can really just connect with and really just work together with and not be too stressed about what anyone else is fucking doing, you know, not really worry about like how I fit in in other circles and this and that because I don't need to. Speaking of which, CM Punk. What a what a laugh. What a career. What a what a fucking lightning rod for controversy. And what a fucking draw man. Like I think this whole him going back to WWE thing was quite surprising in some ways and quite inevitable in others you know it's quite surprising because him and one uh paul levesque aka triple h have not had kind words for each other for many 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 fucking years now and uh paul levesque is in charge of wwe well to to a degree like he's like second in command i think it's him and nick khan who are running things over there now that vinnie mac is gone and yeah like you wouldn't think that they would be able to patch things up but i guess money fucking talks and i think punk also probably doesn't want to end his career you know being disgraced being fired from aw for fighting and causing shit and all of that and you know personally i still think yeah aw did the right thing they probably needed to fire him he was a fucking locker room cancer and if they're ever going to grow as a company they need to actually focus on the talent that they have there that wants to work with them and that you know really doesn't put themselves above the product you know it doesn't put themselves above the company and stuff because wherever punk goes man he's he's always gonna have that chip on his shoulder and does tend to get in his own way so that's been a common theme throughout his career even early on and it'll be interesting to see that's the problem now like wwe is going to be dealing with all the all the drama that AEW is dealing with where the stories on screen get 
you know, sidelined basically because of all the backstage drama that's going on. So we'll see what actually happens. I think there could be some exciting stories. I'm actually, yeah, probably going to watch more WWE now, which I haven't done, even with Cody there, even with, you know, like I've watched some of the Bloodline stuff, especially with Sami Zayn and all of that. But in general, like I haven't really been paying that much attention. I just hear what's happening. There. I'm like, ah, it sounds pretty cool. I'm just, I'm not a fan of the in-ring product, really. Like, I find AEW and New Japan and, you know, quite a few of the other companies are just more exciting when it comes to the actual wrestling. And so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm interested to see the storylines and how they play out. And WWE is definitely on the upswing at the moment. I still just see them as, like, you know, fucking one of the most evil companies in the world. So it always makes it a little tricky to want to carry on watching them and to support them. But they ain't getting any of my money. And I use ad blockers on YouTube. So they ain't getting any of that advertising money from me either. So yeah, I, I think I'll be keeping up with CM Punk is what I'm saying. Even though he did... Yo, there's so many things he's fucking said and they're all coming out again. But I love the one where he told The Miz to go suck a blood-covered dick. Go suck a blood-covered Saudi Arabian oil dick, I think was what he said. Something like that. And, uh, well, it looks like CM Punk's going to be getting some of that oily dick in his mouth too. If, uh, especially if, yeah, he goes over there next year. That'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, that's it. I guess that's all I got to talk to you about this week. I did say I wanted to talk about the end of the year, but we've got three, four more weeks or whatever to talk about it. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll find some time to reflect over the next couple of weeks. I already have been like my diary entry this morning was very reflective. So yeah, we've got, we will have, we'll have something to talk about next week and the week after that and the week after that. It's funny how it works. Always turns out that there's uh, something to be said. And with that being said, it is time to give the shout out. Now, over patreon.com forward slash almost perfect, there is a tier, there's a top tier, there's a $10 tier, it's called the titular titles tier, and you can pick your title right here on the almost perfect podcast for $10 a month. So, shout outs to Rousseau, the storage clerk of subtle heresies in the lesser Oberg region, Russell Grant, the Far East correspondent, Neil Green, the key grip, Grant Slamman, the almost perfect hedge fund manager, Riz Ventura, the director of purchasing. Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager. Kath Jenkin, the inevitable ruler of the universe. And Queen Swifty, the executive producer, Stephen Olafier. Shout out to Damien Root for the bad music, the intro. And a big thank you to you for listening all the way through to the end. I'll catch you on the flip side.